0: Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my God, Bon Jovi sound checking. we got to see this. But then we hear um the guy whistling for a microphone. Yeah. It was John, and he goes, the kids can stay. <laughs> We're like, oh, cool. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we
1: went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who mm. did their very first rock blast there in 1982. Oh, wow. Which was just so cool. Yeah. So these bikies... Got in touch with this. Gives 500 bucks, so you don't get your singer back.
0: (laughs) Holy shit! (laughs) Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview-style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers, and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Dog. Thanks for joining me. Oh, man, it is gig weekend. It is gig week. Saturday the 14th of December is upon us. It's just like Christmas. You never know when it's going to... Well, you do know when it's going to be, but you're always surprised when it appears. So, yes, this weekend, we've got the gig at the corner hotel, which I've been spruiking every week. So you're probably sick of hearing about it, but, um, I apologize. I hope you can make it down, man. If you're listening to this, it's going to be a ripper night. Um, man. So yeah, all, all guns blazing Saturday night at the corner hotel, man. Hey, another a bit of good news this week. I've uh, been able to secure both the sponsors, both, both of the original sponsors, uh, uh, Anytime Fitness in Epping and Lobos Collectibles. They've signed up for another four weeks. So thank you so much. It's so great to have genuine sponsors on the Art of Touring Pop podcast. You might notice this week I've got a little bit of a gravel to my voice, a bit of a sore throat. It happens most performance weeks. I don't know what it is, but... I'm pretty sure I'll I'll be fine. I'll come good. But, um, you know, maybe it's just the stress of finishing up work. And then, you know, the big gig at the end of the week. So, you know, what are you going to do? I've been spending a bit of time, you know, after hours... Making some sweet promo videos, so if you are coming to the gig on Saturday night, I've made this really rad promo video. Not really a promo; it's more of a um an intro video. So before the curtains open and the band plays, we've got this really. Um, I did it for the Vitalogy show as well, but this time I've taken some early Pearl Jam interviews and interspliced them with some you know early uh, '90s um, TV flipping. You know, ch-, ch you know, bit of flip, flip, flip. So um yeah that's a little bit of a surprise for people or well, not a surprise now because you know about it but uh, if you are going to be there you're going to enjoy that. Um and you know what I've, else I've been enjoying this week our touring listeners is uh, rehearsing with the boys preparing this set of you know 23 24 22 songs whatever it is man it's a lot of songs. Um it's been so much fun. Uh it's been great to play and rehearse music. Um with, uh, with other musicians, it's a cool feeling one other thing, I'm going to tease you a little bit Art of Turing listeners, I think if you listened last week I may have let the cat out of the bag I'm going to, lit- I'm going to let the cat out of the bag a little bit more this week I'm going to tease you I'm doing something special a live event for the Art of Turing podcast is in the works for February next year so keep listening to hear all about that I'm going to drop that news bomb next week all right. This week, though, I caught up with singer-songwriter Sarah Eder. Uh, we had a one- wonderful conversation. Uh, I met Sarah at um, Studio 1B a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was able to um, you know, secure her for an interview, which was great. We spoke about her musical upbringing, her early career traveling overseas, and most notably, we hear Sarah describe the unfortunate tale of how she had to follow... Uh, artist at an open mic night who is doing some very questionable things to the microphone but you'll have to keep listening to find out what art of Turing is brought to you every single friday you can listen to art of Turing on itunes spotify and the google podcasts app on your android device um guys tell friends about this podcast tell enemies about this podcast tell the person you met on the train that said hey are you wearing g-star raw jeans and you can be all like yeah if you like G-Star or jeans, you probably love podcasts. Do you like podcasts? They're going to be all like, I was just mentioning that I liked your jeans. Yeah, well, that's great. I'm going to tell you about a podcast you never heard of. It's the Yard of Turing podcast with the Ciz Dog, And they're going to be all like, get away from me, you crazy person. I just wanted to compliment you on your jeans. And you're going to be all like, well, we'll check out the pod. And next time, think twice before you talk to strangers on the train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, if you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to put on the earmuffs you know, put on the caravan of courage, and then once they're finished their cheese and jam sandwiches, you can throw Art of Turing back on, okay? Now let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Episode 86 of The Art of Touring is brought to you this week by Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury. Lobo's is Melbourne's largest and best vintage toy store. In their newly relocated address on 310 St. George's Road in Thornbury, this store has something for even the most diehard collector. Um, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, My Little Pony, Star Trek, Dino Riders. Um, They've got... Uh, So many vintage and new collectibles in their store, you can get lost. It's almost like a museum. Sometimes I walk in there and I just am in awe of how much amazing product they have on their shelves. And I always make sure I leave with something. Lobos, man, it is insane. Now, if you are looking for a Christmas gift, there's no better place for the diehard collector in your family. I don't mean like diehard the movie i mean you they're a collector and they're die hard in their collecting um, you know vibes <laughs> there's only one place to go and that's lobo's collectibles in thornbury the coolest thing about lobo's is that they are constantly acquiring new old stock to add to their store so you're sure to find something different every time you visit um let me let me know let them know that you heard about the store on the yard of touring um and you never know they might go hey Art of Turing Podcast. It's a great show. I love this store. So do I. It's amazing. Uh, I would go to their original location on High Street in Northgate for years. um, But don't go there now because that's closed down. Their new location on 310 St. George's Road is amazing. Lobo's Collectibles, the best toy store in the universe. Just so you know, Art of Touring is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on your desktop, you can. You can just Google Art of Touring and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Now, before we hear my conversation with Sarah, I'd like to share with you some of her music. This is a song called Cold in Collingwood. Check it out. man that was just a taste of sarah's song cold and collingwood i wish i could share more with you but that's that's the deal on the art of touring i'm not going to show you the whole track if you want to hear the whole thing you got to go search it out and i would totally search that one out that's a killer that's a killer track <laughs> now let's not go any let's 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 not uh, pause any longer let's sit back and breathe it in that's right it's a Sizz dog and sarah eda shooting the shit strap in and let's get loose it's time for the art of touring to begin Welcome everyone, you're listening to the Art of Touring podcast. We're sitting here in the main house today because uh, in Melbourne town it was around 38 degrees. We've had the air con on, it's nice and chilled out, we have a nice glass of water in hand and sitting alongside me here is Sarah Eder, singer, songwriter. How are you Sarah? I'm very good. How are you Dave? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. As I was saying, the house is nice and cool, we've got a nice cool drink, mm. you know, good vibes all round.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a really nice drive on the way here. It was hot, but it's cooling down.
0: The cool change is coming. Yeah,
1: the nice cool, this nice cool wind coming in.
0: That oh, yeah. is good to hear because yeah. I was planning on heading over to the studio to do the obligatory um, photo huh. um, for the podcast, the promo, ah. and it's all. It's got a great background there of mm. the of the action figure collection. There's a little bit. There's a few action figures up there because you know. Oh, wow. They spill out across you know multiple areas of the house. <laughs> I'm lucky. My lady's very um, ag- agreeing yeah. with the yeah. <laughs> with the collection. Very good. Very good. Yeah. No, um, very good. Cool. So yeah, but um, we'll, we'll get down to it, and we'll start mm-hmm. off the show as we as we do each week. Yeah, and it's the first question on on uh, on my mind is where are you from, Sarah, and where did you grow up? Oh, okay. I'm I'm
1: an eastern suburbs girl. Mm-hmm. Um, as Lawrence Houston from Sort of Deal would say when he used to work with uh, men with the van, uh, I'm from the
0: deep east. The deep east.
1: Yes. So the the Danny Nong Yeah. Oh yeah! I I grew up in Mount Evelyn.
0: Yeah, Mount Evelyn, beautiful part of the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. So, um. And at the moment, I'm uh, for the last um two years, it's, I've been living in Kilsyth, which is just like <laughs> two suburbs away from where I grew up. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, I in high school, I think that's where it all started with music.
0: In high school is yeah. where the music bug first it, bit you.
1: It it re- like where it really bit me, and I became Spider Man. got <laughs>
0: <Yes. laughs> the <That's> Spidey powers. <laughs> Activated <laughs> in yeah. high school
1: Yeah, it totally was It was um, like a,
0: a spider with like instead of um, regular spider legs It had like guitar um, neck legs Yeah, pretty much Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Tainted by Billy Corgan <laughs> Yes um, <laughs> I got into piano lessons at a young age Um, Growing up with a, f- um, a jazz drummer dad Mm-hmm Um, and, um, a mum who was hearing impaired, but in the past she was, she used to do, she used to work with the MSO, the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Wow. And she did all the admin and management and paperwork right right behind the scenes and, you know, just, just managing the, the orchestra back in the late seventies, eighties and, um, Met my dad while he was doing session work at the orchestra, with the orchestra as a drummer.
0: As a drummer, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, my, my dad, Larry, um, he's very much a Buddy Rich kind of player. He's been playing since he was 16. Mm. He's uh, 14 and now he's like 71. Yeah. And Billy Hyde himself was one of his teachers in the early days. Yeah. So as a little kid, I grew up watching these – Watching my dad, watching these videos of these manic, crazy, great jazz drummers. Yeah. And listening to my dad go... Okay, cool. All
0: the time. Yeah,
1: all the time. And on his practice pad. And, wow. you know, he had two jobs... Um, At the day, he worked with the Victorian Police Band for 20 years. Yes. And then the Hofra House, the German restaurant, which is still there on Market Lane.
0: Oh, yeah, near the the old um, Ding Dong Lounge. Yeah, that's right,
1: next to the Ding Dong. Um, He was there for a good 20 years.
0: As a drummer, a session, like in-house drummer for the- Yeah. The German music in that yeah. room. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a gig.
1: <laughs> he, knows, he knows how to wear Liederhausen's and he knows all the German <laughs> songs and, wow. you know, he's even played the Cuckoo and Alinda and, you know, yeah. he's done it. These days he's uh, – no, mus- musos don't retire. We all know that. That's true, yeah. Um, but he's just doing session work and doing restaurant gigs, Yeah, you know, from here to Ballarat or elsewhere and um, – He's even played drums for me. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent with in my timeline. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll reel you back in when I need to. Yeah. This is good. Um, but – it all started like while that was all happening as a child i think mm. i was you know i was watching all these disney movies and you know wanting to sing and wanting to play and i was tinkling on the piano and yeah my parents were like right i think it's time for some piano lessons sure and i was i was about 6 7 years old when it started yeah um and for a few years i I I was playing classical music and it was a little bit of a chore but there was there was still that spark in me and it got it got um brighter yeah. eventually yeah mm. yeah
0: um and so what were your uh like first impressions of the piano it was was it an instrument that you kind of came easy to you or is it or was it more of a challenge even though you were playing the classical tunes like that mm. that isn't a very easy entry point for a young person no
1: it was okay. Uh, I'm just reflecting. Like the first thing you learn is middle C. Where is middle C on the piano? Like, yeah. I think everyone, yeah. That I think that there were easy times and then there were difficult times with classical piano. Yeah. You know, I had I had an old lady, Mrs. Doyle, as a teacher. I, she was very old, traditional, mm. um, proper. You know, uptight. Make sure your hands are curved, you know I, I did all I did all those I went back to basics i went I went to the um old school, yeah, as yeah. I flipped my hands like a homie um <laughs> um and so it was like that for a few years, and yes, there were times I hated it and sure. then, and there were other times where like, yes, I really enjoy playing this piece yeah um, nice, it was nice. it was embedded in me yeah um and yeah i th- as I grew older, my taste in music was changing.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, as it does, I mean, I remember my first um, instrument that I was, you know, kind of thrown into in, I think it was prep or even grade one, was the violin Ooh. and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. I I did it for one term, maybe, maybe two terms. I was just too young. I couldn't mm. appreciate it and mm. I don't think I could get my fingers like to really make the instrument sing. It was just a bit of clinking and clunking at that point, mm. you know, um, but I could always sing, so I was just I was like I was just joined all the choirs. Yeah. In primary school and secondary school, you know.
1: I think singing and piano playing is like the backbone of everything. Once yeah. you've got those basics down. Yeah. You can appreciate playing the violin or the guitar. It it, it yeah. comes in quickly. It's it's the theory part that is a pain in the butt.
0: Like yeah, to first get off the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any brothers or sisters in in your family? I has a big brother. You has a big brother. Yeah, yeah. Is he into music <laughs> at all as well? Or? No,
1: he was the opposite. Yeah. Like um, ever since he's had two daughters, things have changed. You know. Yeah. We we were very chalk and cheese. Um he um he's much older than me. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's like forty seven. Okay. Forty eight now. Yeah. Yep. Um so when I was a kid, you know, learning piano and going to primary school, he was he was a teenager nearly finishing high school.
0: Right, yeah. So
1: he was a bit of a shit bag.
0: <laughs> to his little sister <laughs> to his little
1: sister yeah. you know um
0: and he he didn't play an instrument
1: he he tried to learn the drums when my my, my mom and dad were starting out
0: <laughs> When, when, what? So, <laughs> when
1: my mum and dad were starting out, he, yeah. tr- he tried to learn the drums and my father was teaching him. Ah. and that's when mum and dad started hitting it off. And then, right. pop, here I am. Um, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll uh, backtrack. My father did session work with the MSO, yeah, and I think that's how my mum and dad, Larry and Linda, met. Yeah, you and were then, saying, yeah, and then and then like my mum was like, "Hey, my son's really interested in learning the drums."
0: Oh, so he's a, ha- a, a step half brother. He's my half brother. Ah, oh,
1: right, yeah. right. Didn't know how deep I was gonna. Well, that's not deep, but you know, yeah, details. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's that's my family.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you're trying, like, well, he was like, "Oh, okay, well, I'll I'll guess." I'll give this drumming gig a a go, Yeah, um, but it was kind of disrupted when you popped into the world. I think so,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like I just (laughs) – in my old uh, old house in Mount Evelyn, um, there was a bungalow that that used to be my bedroom. It used to be my brother's bedroom and it used to be my dad's drum classes where where he would teach drums and have students over.
0: lot a history in that space. Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah. it,
1: it even got demolished by a tree 10 years ago. Mm. <sighs> and it being been rebuilt.
0: And since been rebuilt. Yeah. Far out, man. Yeah. So growing up um, with uh, an older stepbrother um, and a... Uh, a musician dad and, you know, and, and your mum who was very close to music all her life as well. Um, When did you actually make the jump from piano to playing the guitar and singing? Wow. That's a story in itself. Um,
1: All right. It, it started, it started when in, in Canada and America, Mm -hmm. I was 13 years old. um, First year of high school. Yeah. Um I've always been picked on since day 1 uh right. in school but it was starting to get a little bit hard like a bit more harder yeah. you know just struggling to fit in um but I didn't care at the same time but I was um trying to find my own place mm. um in in the world and my dad um had to go overseas for the World Police Fire Games with the Victorian Police band. Right. Um, and that was that was gonna that was held in Calgary Canada <laughs> yeah and uh, dad took me along for th- and he, so that went for three weeks and then he added a two-week trip to the states yeah and we did the Disneyland Universal Studios like this is going back 1997 so yeah you know um
0: and you were like 13 yeah, at this point yeah, yeah yeah
1: and I remember we would on the last day, we were leaving Canada. Dad, it was just me and Dad. The Victorian police band have they've all parted ways. They've done the jobs. You know, everyone's going home or going somewhere else. Yeah. And we went for we went for a quick shop. We, we had to get some bags or something, and then we went to a record store. Tapes were still happening. Yes. And I got the double tape of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by yeah. by the Smashing, smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. And, um, I put it in my, my Walkman. It did something to me. Yeah. It did something to me. It at first it, it sounded weird, <laughs> 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 but then when it got to tonight, tonight. Yeah. Um, and then later in the first record, the song "Porcelina and the Vast Ocean," it took me into another place. Yeah. Yeah. And then listening to it to that record over and over driving in the desert on the west side of the States and going to Mexico and then going back to L.A. And I've probably gone past Joshua Tree. I don't know. I hope to be there one day again. Um, but, you know, just just having the sceneries yeah. of America and – With and, that
0: as the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: stayed with me forever.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. And so what was it about that record that, that – why did you pick it up? Did someone say, oh, you should check out Melancholy, it's a great record, or did you re- like the artwork?
1: It was the artwork and it was th- how the band looked at the time. Like, Yeah. Um, just just seeing commercials.
0: Oh, so you did know them before you bought the I tape. I did not know
1: of them. But yeah, I was, but you're
0: like excited to get the yeah, actual tape. Yeah, I was yeah.
1: curious. They really – yeah. Pricked my ears and.
0: You're a great band, man. I remember in 1997, they came out to Australia mm. and um, I was 17 at the time. So yeah. the perfect age to get into the pumpkins. Mm. Um, and uh, I wanted to go, but I, I wasn't able to secure a ticket. Um, and I was just like, okay, well, I guess I don't get to go to see the pumpkins, but one of my friends, um, couldn't go. And she said, oh, do you want my ticket? We're all, I've got some friends and I knew some of her mutual friends. Mm. I was like, ah, yeah, I'll take your ticket. So I got to see the pumpkins for that. Um, for that tour Yeah And Billy came out And he's wearing The Zero t-shirt mm-hmm. But it's not like The printed version His one was embossed
1: Yeah But I bought
0: the, the Just a the printed version I've still got it Like mm. that that shirt From that concert They were on fire man They were a really Great band yeah. At that point Fast forward to 2019 mm. And now he is um, the owner and operator of one of my favourite wrestling promotions.
1: See, I never thought of that. Can you believe yeah. that? It's, I'm still beside myself with that. I know he's always liked sports. I know he's always yeah. liked wrestling and he's
0: always going to... to Have you sports. seen it? Have you seen the in the WA?
1: It's interesting. Yeah, it's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. I interviewed a guy last week, um, Taekwon Terry Short, professional wrestler, uh-huh. and I met him on, on a set of a movie um, which is uh, about... Um, well, it's not about wrestling, but they use wrestlers in the movie for stuntmen. Mm. And uh, one of the wrestlers is James Storm, who's in that promotion. Okay. And so I got to work well, alongside him because I was just an extra in that movie. God, okay. But I got to meet him. And that's how I got introduced to his promotion. And I'm like, oh, this is Billy Corgan's promotion. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> it was a really weird way to Whoa, kind of discover yeah. it. I always knew he had a promotion but this is like I think maybe this is like a relaunch of it cuz it's only maybe 5 or 6 weeks old this this show on YouTube you know what I mean mm-hmm. So yeah it's a really it's a really weird kind of full circle moment where here's this guy I really idolised as a kid and now something that I love as an adult wrestling I just love wrestling yeah. I just live and breathe it cool. and now I'm like what now now Billy Corgan's got a promotion yeah. it's it's awesome that's cool. Yeah, so that's there you go. Cool. Yeah. Sorry, I will hijack your story no, a little bit. No, that's okay.
1: That's fine. That's fine. That's rad. And yeah. so
0: after you're hearing uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness um, yeah. with um, uh, in Mexico and you not, the United States as your backdrop, yeah. um, this music is calling to you and you're like, you know what, I want to sing, I want to play the guitar. Yeah,
1: there was that. Yeah. Um, that's – I really wanted to play guitar. That's that record um, – awoken yeah. Um, <laughs> my urge to learn the guitar. Yeah. Um, so
0: you came back home and you started getting lessons.
1: I did. I came back home and I hated school even more. Hmm. Um, because I I was in another country where music was uh, more appreciated, and as an individual, you are more appreciated. I mean, the times have changed, obviously. But yeah, yeah. I yeah. I I'm I was. I was actually starting to feel depressed. Um, yeah, I think you kind of get that when you' when you've had a bit of an adventure. Yeah. Here we are in the talking in the art of touring. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, um, eventually um, later in that year, I started having guitar lessons. Awesome. yeah.
0: Who and was your teacher?
1: His name was Brett Misfit, and he was he was funny. yeah, he was funny. Was
0: he an instrumental teacher that came to the school?
1: Uh, yes, he was. he was. He was a guitar teacher for my school. Yeah, um, that used to be called Pembroke Secondary.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, on Pembroke Street here in Epping. <laughs> yeah, Epi, mate. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Pembroke Secondary. <laughs>
1: it wasn't hard to remember. Represent. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, I was a fast learner because because of my my knowledge in music already and skills. Mm. I. Within a few weeks we had a performing arts night and um, I borrowed I, I I was set to do my first performance just playing a song, just playing Tonight Tonight. Yeah. And and just remembering the the G chord and the ASOS and you know, do 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 you know, just and I and it was on a really crappy Samic Stratocaster model that the school had,
0: Sure, I didn't
1: give a shit. The fact is like, I'm doing it, look at me, you know, just sitting on this chair uh, in the drama room and there's like an audience of of all the parents and, you know, they didn't care but still it's like, I'm getting it done, you know. just Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Well, especially with the history of your dad being a a gigging musician Mm. and then you first being able to do that. You know, performing by yourself for an audience—that Yeah. That must have been a really cool thing. It was a cool thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> nice one.
1: <laughs> Excuse me, I snorkelled. Um, Snorkel. <laughs> I, snorkeled. I, I, uh, I, I have my little quirks, so yeah, it's yeah. all good, man. Yeah, cool.
0: And you played the guitar um, and s- sung for the first time mm-hmm. um, under the guidance of, of Mr. Brett Misford. Yeah, there in Pembroke um, at secondary school. Um, did you join a band at that point, like during your secondary schooling?
1: By the next year, I was ready to form a band mm. um, What was it called? Oh my god oh, What was I, the
0: first band name that you had? Oh, I hate it Give it to me <laughs> Flesh Flesh! Yeah Yes! Oh god <laughs> I love it like... I love getting out the first band names yeah. it's, always, it's always great
1: it's, it's very like, I think at the time it was very, I was thinking Veruca Salt uh-huh. and Kitty and Hole and Pumpkins, and I wanted something a little bit dark but a bit girl punk sure. about it, you know? It's good, man. Yeah. 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 So you were the 90s. front lady
0: with the guitar singing <laughs> and drums, bass, another guitarist. No, it was can- just me on guitar. That was it. Yeah. No backing people at all. Nah. And you went under the moniker flesh.
1: Yeah. I, I, I basically – I was teaching the bass player how to play bass because she didn't really – she wasn't – I was teaching students in my school like, okay, I I really need a bass player because I'm not driving, I'm this age and I can't mm. get out of out of the boundaries so, hey, let's do something, help me out. And, yeah. and there was – you know, I I picked one of the drummers in my music school. Um, he was a little bit arrogant, but he he, he was good enough anyway. So yeah, um, yeah. And every lunchtime we would have a rehearsal. It was cute. <laughs> you know, so the
0: bass player just kind of roped in here. Yeah, here's how you play the bass. Yeah, the drummer from your music school. Yeah, lunchtime. Yeah, you get together and have a jam. Have a jam. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it, it went. It kind of went downhill because like the principal started to notice what I was doing, and and he was like, "Oh, occupation health and safety. We need a teacher to assist you to watch you yeah. practice." And that's when it started to to go down the shit. Yeah, right. And, um, we we only did like gigs in the school. Yes. Um, I still got picked on, but. I I made it happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. so there, there wasn't very much of a music community at your school.
1: It was growing.
0: It, it was still in its infancy. Yeah, like yeah. the the
1: the music community itself. Like with the music teacher and and the school students, they were cool. But like the cool kids in my class, the the smokers, the ones you know, the the ones that would drink and they had their issues and I, I was picked, they, you know, I was picked on by them and, mm-hmm. and, um, I, I, that's, I think there that time I, I was starting to just not care about what they think and just really, yeah. cause it, it, because every time I come home after school, I, I would, um, find my place where I just play guitar for hours. Yeah. And, um, that, that made me feel better about myself.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally um, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, I I remember uh, many times after school I would come home and just blast Pearl Jam.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just, and I was, when I first started picking up the guitar too and I remember once, my mum still doesn't forgive me for this because mm. my mum's a guitar teacher yeah. and there's this beautiful old maiden acoustic nylon <sighs> string and I was learning how to play Rearview Mirror on that. Yes. Idiot. Should have grabbed an electric, right? Because there's a lot of strumming in that yeah. song, all yeah. down, down strokes on the, on the guitar there. And one afternoon I was playing that so hard. It, the the Maiden was that old, it didn't even have a scratch plate on oh, it. Oh, crap. So I've scratched, like, and you could go over to my mum and dad's house now and still see this guitar, just completely, like, oh. it's never been the same. This was, you know, what, 20 years ago now? Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I was 16. Uh. Um, and. I just ah oh, sorry mum. <laughs> <laughs> I know you listen each week. I appreciate you letting me play oh. that guitar. I'm sorry I I scratched it up. But um I get what you mean man like coming home and feeling bit bit down. Yeah. You know, music's there, you know, yeah. music uh, is there, um, you know, for when you're feeling good too. Yeah. You know, that's the beautiful thing about music. That's the
1: thing. You yeah. know,
0: um, so it's a cool thing that you're at least, yeah, sure, as a bummer, you're getting picked on, it sucks, but at least when you did come home, there was a safe space and that was, you know, the guitar and, dude. Yeah. It's a cool thing. It really is. Yeah, man. Magic. Yeah, magic. Magic. Um, So you get through the awkwardness of high school, you know, you you get over that, you leave. Did you finish high school or did you left before year 12 or?
1: I did finish high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I will mention um, in year 10, we did work experience. Wow, I'm going through like all my years of school. This is weird. Um, (laughs) It's real,
0: this is your life sometimes. It's a little bit. The art of touring, but that's all right.
1: Um, in in year ten we had to do work experience. Yes. So I did two weeks of um work experience at a music shop called Soundworks in Ringwood. Soundworks. Yes. And uh I did retail and a lot of fluffing around and playing guitars and tuning them and <laughs> Yeah, just being sixteen years old. Sure. And <laughs> um they, they, they had these um you know, those old, I think they still do them. You know, those ads of bands looking for a guitarist and they have like the phone number. Yeah, in Big Magazine yeah. and that,
0: at the back of it, they used to do that.
1: Yeah, but you would like pick that, you'd rip off the number.
0: And, oh, yeah. you mean the posters yeah, in the, the, the music the store? Posters. I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Um, and there was this one band based in uh, Croydon at Maroondah High School. They were called Prefect mm. with a K reversed, so like weird, arty, word, art, you know. Sure, yeah. And they were looking for a guitarist and I didn't think about my mum driving me everywhere, I didn't think about school, I didn't think about, you know, the limits I had. I just called them. (laughs) I called them, I said, hey, yeah, I'm a guitarist. Yes. And the bands you listen to, they were like very silver chair uh, and – Tool and and um, the Perfect Circle and okay. Pumpkins and um, Marilyn Manson, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I, I called, I called them and and uh, spoke to the drummer and um, organised um, a, a audition uh, within about a week. Yeah, and. That's when the gigs outside school started to happen.
0: Nice. At year 10. Yeah. Mm.
1: Um, that's when the cool kids started to shut the hell up. Yep. Because I was doing something outside of their circle. Yeah. Um, I, we did our, I did my first show with Prefect. Um, it was in High Street Paran. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name of the venue. It was like Edward's Tavern or something like that. Or oh, we're going back to the year 2000. So
0: Edward's Tavern was still around in the year 2000. It yeah. may very well have been that venue. Probably. Yeah, ETs. E- okay. All right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, I was nervous, but I was ready. I was ready. And yes, there were some personality clashes, but I didn't care. Um, and... Yeah. Um I didn't care that I was the only chick in the band. I didn't care. I just wanted to fucking play. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it yeah. was really cool. And then and then we did like gigs at youth youth places, uh youth centers like Croydon at EV, EVs and Croydon.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then Noble Park. Um, and then I was st- listening to Nine Inch Nails, I was listening to Marilyn Manson. and I was listening to <laughs> Mudvayne. I was listening to all these other. It got heavy. It got heavy. Mm. It got heavy. Mm. I, 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 got my my clothing. My style got a little bit more darker. Sure. And yeah, I. Oh, because you
0: went to a school where you could wear whatever you wanted.
1: Um, there
0: wasn't a uniform at your there school. There was
1: a uniform. Oh, yeah, there was. But I had blonde hair, and yeah. I wasn't goth. I was just. Um
0: oh you mean just like for when you were in the band you were wearing all different types yeah, of stuff. I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah, with you. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Man. No, that's um, okay, that's okay. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, um I was I was with Prefect for about a good two years. Cool. Yeah.
0: All the way through school, really. Ten, yeah. eleven. Oh, you then you left him in year twelve?
1: I left around year eleven and twelve, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Um and that's when I the I started doing stuff on my own mm. and doing like just writing songs for myself so yeah I'll leave it at that I'll leave it at that (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. prefect, um, you were a guitar player, but you didn't have much to do with the songwriting, or you did help with the songwriting a bit with that band for those two years. I
1: didn't have much to do with the songwriting. Yeah, it, there was still the the three of them as as a clique, like right, it, you know, because they were all in a different. They all came from the same high school, where yeah. I was from a, another school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, eventually, like. Yeah, just I think there was a bit of a personality clash, and I just, just, just thought, you know what, maybe, maybe it's time to go. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah.
0: You could kind of see the writing on the wall a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it was a cool thing that you were able to do that then, because then you had year twelve to kind of like you know focus on your studies and yeah. then you know um, create your own thing. Yeah, that's right. Tell us about that.
1: Well, um, where do I start? Um, I started getting back on the piano. Oh really? Yeah. Like I I was still playing like I was I was up to grade 6 by the time grade 6 AMEB studies by the time I was um in year 12. Mm. And yes, so the the th- in in those years from learning guitar hello putin um <laughs> in, in those years of learning guitar and, and playing in these bands i you know my whole perspective of being a piano player changed and there was, yeah. more, there was more appreciation and there was more um inspiration to play nice um and um a school friend of mine uh ruth introduced me to tori amos little earthquakes mm. um she's uh, yeah great solo performer, uh, solo piano player, singer-songwriter. Um,
0: Tori Amos. Yeah.
1: Do you have any of her records? Do I, you know?
0: I don't, but mm. um, I know my favourite wrestler, Mick Foley, actually listens to Tori Amos bef- before he wrestles.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: What song? Do you I, know? I don't know. but mm. when, when It's a weird kind of anecdote that I know in the back of my head because mm. whenever he would, like, not all the time, but he would he would bring it up quite a lot in interviews he would always say, you know, if anyone asked him, oh, what music do you listen to, Mick, he'd be like Tori Amos. Huh? Yeah, big huh? time, big time Tori fan. Yeah. Um, but what's what's her main hit, Tori Amos? Like Cornf- f-
1: Cornflake Girl.
0: Cornflake Girl. Uh, That's the one. Yeah. yeah, I know that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that song.
1: <laughs> it's a. It was a hit. It was a hit. Was
0: that the? Was that on the record that you first got introduced to Tori on? Or no, no it, different record. No,
1: Conflict Girl was from their second record under the Pink. Ah. Little Earthquakes was her first record. Ah, right, right. She she had a lot of record labels that rejected her so much. Yeah, um, right. In the in the eighties, and then when she hit twenty nine, yeah, she um she did, it was a situation of. You're trying to be somebody else to make this record and make a hit. Yeah, yeah. And then you just go, fuck it. Yeah. And I'm going to be myself and I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to strip the keys. I'm not going to strip this. I'm just going to do it how it is. And then it becomes a winner.
0: Yeah, and then she found an audience. Yeah, she found her
1: audience. Um, Hmm. But, yeah, yeah. I think Little Earthquakes really hit me in, in more of an emotional point. Mm-hmm. You know, just playing all this heavy music and it's like, okay, let's get back to earth and back to your emotions and let's just get real and let's see what you re- who you really are. Sure. And so I started writing. Um, I was still writing on guitar, but I, was still, uh, I started writing more on the piano. And, but I wasn't very confident in singing. So I teamed up with um, my friend Ruth Dalton, who's a beautiful, classically trained um, singer and and does theatre as well. And we became a duo. Um, We were called Strange Little Earthquakes. Mm. (laughs) And we entered into a competition um, through the school. And we had, uh, yeah, we had other schools in this competition. Um, and it was run by Billy Hyde music, oh, yeah, Bob Spencer from the Angels used to work at Billy Hyde at the time, and he was one of the judges right, yeah, I remember him yeah um good, really really, really good bloke um we <laughs> we ended up winning uh, what, what was it I think it was for best song or best composition or oh, same thing um yeah uh, and uh we we won um, a rec- we won a, a day in in the studio. Nice, yeah, and, and just having him with us. Yeah, um, and he he produced and and mixed the record, uh, the two tracks that we recorded. That you did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That so, would have been a
0: really cool experience.
1: It was a cool experience, like just just having Bob, just being under Bob's wing. For, yeah, you know, I I felt like I was. Getting somewhere, getting to the next, getting to a step or something, you know. Because
0: Bob's Bob's like, um, forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, because I've got a memory of a guy, last name Spencer. I'm pretty sure it's Bob Spencer. Is he bald with glasses? Yeah,
1: that's him. That that's is, him, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
0: So I did this gig like in Bendigo. The Bendigo, mm. um, it was like a festival. Mm-hmm. I got to do like a set of music, but I was also hired as like the sound guy. Uh-huh. So I had to like set up everybody's stuff. And then like, you know, at the end of the night or whatever, I got to do a set. It was pretty soul destroying. But Bob was there because he yeah. was doing, He I had to set up his equipment. Yeah. He was doing a set. And he so happened to be like, I think before or after me. And at the time I was doing um, that Cakes um, cover of Gloria Gaynor's um, I Will Survive. Mm. Um, and it's just, you yeah, know, junk, 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 you know, on the guitar. <laughs> Yeah. Um and I never forget he came up to me at the end of the the gig and he was like that was really great dave but you're not playing I will survive right <laughs> Like what do you mean he's like they're not the right chords mate <laughs> I'm like no but I'm doing a I'm doing the cake version he's like I don't care they're not the right
1: <laughs> No nah, that sounds like Bob, Does that sound yeah. Like Bob? yeah that's yeah, him yeah yeah Yeah
0: good boy, good boy
1: Yeah bless his cotton socks yeah Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice one Yeah Oh, There you go. Uh, Well, uh, I do want to hear more about your career, Sarah, but before we do, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about Anytime Fitness in Epping. I recently joined the Anytime Fitness community and I love it. Uh, They give you a key fob, which gives you 24-hour access, not only to your home gym, but every Anytime Fitness location around the world. Which means if you're planning a holiday and you, and you don't want to ease up on your training, you still want to train while you're on holiday, you can still find a gym wherever you are around the globe. And it's perfect for the touring musician or wrestler. Um, if you're on the road and you need to get a pump in before your next match or your next gig, you can always find an Anytime Fitness somewhere around to get your training in. I love the whole concept, uh, the 24-hour gym. And I think the best part for me is because I don't like to train with headphones. Um, They have an app called Crowd DJ, which you can download to your smartphone and you can control the music in the gym. Um, So if you're in the mood to play some of your favorite tracks and you've forgotten your headphones at home, or if you're like me and you don't train with headphones, you can still listen uh, to your very own playlist of music while you're in the gym getting your session done. I was just there today. I put on a bit of chili peppers, a bit of Pearl Jam, a bit of Audio Slave, um, and no one even knew because everyone else has got their headphones in. So it's great. Uh, They also have the Anytime Fitness app, uh, which has heaps of programs and work out to help you on your fitness journey um, and sign up in december and don't pay a cent of fees the whole month of december anytime fitness in epping specifically not to mention the very friendly staff that are always there to help so head on down to anytime fitness in epping and sign up today And so, before we actually started the pod, you actually mentioned um, to me that uh, you kind of jumped into the deep end. I think I'm getting the timeline right. You took yourself off and started touring. Yeah. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah. We're getting into my 20s now. Uh, So, this is like, okay, seven years ago. Yes. I recorded my first album. Um, as a solo artist, it's called Lady Wolf. Mm. I've recorded at Wick Studios with Glenn Scott and Dan, Dan Corliss. Um, they were really lovely to work with. Yeah. And I had this plan to leave. I had this plan to just um, do this record and just go to Canada. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I chose Canada. I thought maybe maybe I'll do the states later. I'll do Europe later. I just go to Canada again. <laughs> yes. Um. And I didn't have a tour, touring agent or manager. I didn't have a manager. I just I just did it myself. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of money. I had the plane ticket all booked. Yeah. Finishing the record, and while that was happening, I did my research and just found a couple of artists. I said, hey, mm. I'm Sarah. This is my plan. Can I play a gig with you? Yeah. And I did that with an artist from uh, Salmon Arm, British Columbia. Her name was Amy Laws. Uh, we've been friends ever since. Um, yeah. And um, she's a really beautiful singer. And um, um, I eventually got – to see her on my way up after after being in, in Vancouver. Sure. Um. So in t- around mid 2012, yeah, I flew to Vancouver. Wow. Um. I stayed with um a friend a friend of mine named Mayo who was um a gig booker for metal bands. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, he had me sleep on his couch for for three weeks for yeah. a few weeks. I have learnt in traveling is if you're going to stay at someone's place, don't stay there for too long. <laughs> I actually recently had a tourist live with me and, and it, yeah, we, she had to go. Yeah. I'll just say that there personal space and, you know, just, just keep it positive and don't. Yeah. Um, but I got to know a little bit of the music scene in Vancouver and it, it's it's kind of i i look back and it's it was kind of like bombay rock the, the brunswick punk scene
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was very similar to that like right. i i remember on my first day when i when i stayed at when i moved into mayo's house um i was about to fall into jet lag sleep mm. and uh maya mayo wakes me up and he goes um oh, mayo is um he's um He's Mexican-Canadian, so hence the name. Um, Yeah, yeah, Mayo. And uh, he woke me up and he's like, hey, you want to go to Funkies with me?
0: Yes.
1: I'm like, huh? Okay. You want to do karaoke? I'm like, yeah, sure. We can do karaoke. No worries. I'm half asleep. And (laughs) he drags me out downtown at East Hastings Street. There's West Hastings, which is is good, and then there's East Hastings. This is all near Canada Bay, and – East Hastings is where it's junky town. It is junky town. Like you've mm. you've got Frankston, you've got you've got your little patches of, you know, the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah. But in East Hastings, it's like seagulls of homeless people and yeah, drug right. addicts and just just yeah.
0: This is where you were living.
1: I wasn't living there. That's where Funky Funkies or Funky Winker
0: Beans was. Oh, the pub that he wanted to go to. Yeah. Huh. Um.
1: But but all the junkies were a little bit further down. Sure. Sure. Um. I just remember going down there accidentally one time with uh. my guitar. Holy! <laughs> just trying to find a venue. Yes. Yeah. You know. Um. And. Uh yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um
0: get <laughs> to Funkies.
1: Yeah, I got to Funky Winker Beans. That's that's the name of the venue. And um it was um a, karaoke, a, a special karaoke night. It wasn't like your typical commercial songs. It was like I sang Tenacious D, I, I sang Queens of the Stone Age, I sang Bjork, I sang Fiona Apple, and um what I met I Tenacious
0: me- D song did you sing? Was it, tribute? it was. It was the yeah. It was tribute. Tribute.
1: Okay. Yeah, it yeah, was cool. tribute. Yeah. Um, and I met this really cool chick who would book the shows and and the events there, mm. known as um, Wendy Thirteen.
0: Wendy Thirteen.
1: Yeah, and she she you could tell just with her big blonde mohawk and you know her her vest of patches and badges and her tats. And it's like yep, you've been there, you've done that. She's a real deal. Yeah, she's a real deal. And, um, you know, you, you can be, you could try and be warm and bubbly to her, but it takes a little while to break it, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, right. She was lovely, but at the same time, she had her guard on and, um, but. I, after I sang a few songs, I was outside having a cigarette and she comes up to me and she's like, um, do you do, do you do unplugged? Cause that was really good. And I'm like, um, yeah, I, I do unplug. I play acoustic. I've got, I've got my steel string with me. And she's like, do you want to play at, um, at, um, this punk show art gallery, art gallery punk show that I've got set up next Friday? Sure. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, a- absolutely. Um, and yeah, that was really exciting. Um, that's that was basically the whole deal of of just winging it in in touring in, in something that I didn't that I didn't have set up professionally. Um, yeah, yeah. And so we had um, about three punk bands on the night. Yeah. And there's some really crazy art that was presented um, all all around on the on the walls, and and um, I, I was the opener. Mm and i was just i just had my uh my guitar case and all my cds Hmm. sold a few made a made a bit of money um and met some really cool musicians and i'm pretty sure i traded a cd a record of mine uh, sorry i'm pretty sure i I traded my cd with uh my friend now my friend uh randy mcbastard Mm -hmm. Um, a, a piece of painting of his, and he wanted a kiss as well. And I thought, yeah, that was that was funny. Um, and then he wanted another one. I'm like, no, okay, that's that's enough. Okay, <laughs> it's it's, it's, a, it's all good, dude. It's okay. Yeah. Um, he had this piece of painting. It was called the Drug Fairy. It was on a canvas about about a four a three, and the frame was like glued like. Drug uh, needles and capsules, like all glued on the fr- on the picture frame. Yeah, on this really cute painting of a fairy sitting on on a on a, um, a bottle of pills. And yeah, I thought it was cool. And um, I had to take it all. i had to take off the frame because I was taking. I I couldn't put that through uh you know security through no yeah the la airport so you wow know.
0: <laughs> so how long were you in canada for
1: um i was there for about two and a half months okay cool yeah uh so from vancouver and then um, did
0: you get a day gig while you're doing the the like the uh the shows at night and stuff or
1: no i did a lot of i did a lot of open mic nights okay and then there were some booked gigs through throughout,
0: throughout my, that yeah yeah cool
1: yeah um, and I left it at Calgary yeah
0: yeah and then you made your way down to Los Angeles
1: no um, that was that was through you know how you you go through um, you go through LA sometimes to go to to, to Canada or oh yeah. yeah
0: that's the main hub there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. nice
1: <laughs> so after Calgary um, it was getting pretty cold. <laughs> Right, <laughs> yeah, right. So
0: you came home. I came home. Yeah, yeah. Two and a half months. <laughs> yeah. You gave it a red hot go.
1: I did. Yeah. Should have stayed a little longer, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But there's always another time.
0: Yeah. Nice one. Mm. Um, yeah. I remember. I, I, my wife and I went over to the states. Um, before we had kids, it was like one of the first um, like trips we did together. Yeah. Um, and I had this romantic idea in my head that I'd bring my guitar with me, and then whatever major city we were in, I would just find the open mic night happening in the town yeah. and go and play. Yeah. yeah, it didn't really work. Really? No. Oh. The very first night we got to LA, I went. I'd done my research online to see where they were. We got to the venue and it had closed down. Oh. And so we're like, oh, great. We didn't really have anything else planned tonight, so we just went. And, you know, went to the cafe and you know, mm. had some cheesecake, and then the next time. We tried it. There's nowhere to do that in um, Las Vegas because we went from LA to <sighs> Vegas. Yeah. So we did – We, we kind of, it was hilarious. I, <laughs> um, there's a place called Transit Pack in Thomastown, and they do huge road cases for any kind of instrument or equipment that you need when you're going on the road. Okay. So they um, did this massive road case for my friend's acoustic mate, and I so happen to have the same mate. And oh. So I said, oh, can I borrow your massive road case? She goes, of course. Mm. So I've got this huge road case. We hired a con- – Convertible to go from Los Angeles to um, to Las Vegas, and. It wouldn't fit in the boot. Um. So we couldn't put the the hood up over the um <laughs> over the convertible. So here's this guitar case like sticking up out in the, you know, the into the air. Oh. We both got so dreadfully sunburnt because it's you know the desert. Yeah. Um and by the time we got to Vegas, yeah, there was no open mic. So the, the guitar was literally just becoming a pain in the ass. Ah. Eventually got to New York City. And um, there was an open mic night happening there. But it was this weird system where they had a a football helmet full of numbers, and you had to draw a number, and whatever number you drew was the number you performed. Oh, wow. It's like a hundred up and coming acts wanting to perform.
1: Wow. So you were literally
0: just performing to all of the other open micers. I picked like number 58. Oh, my God. So, we sat there for like four hours listening to – now, you, you're thinking New York City, oh, it's going to be the hub of like creative amazingness. hmm Uh-uh. No. It was like the worst pieces of shit music <laughs> I've ever heard in my life.
1: I've heard some shocking. It was yeah.
0: so bad. <laughs> Here's Stavo coming from Melbourne, where like everyone's a muso. everyone can sing and play guitar, and it's like it's like you know you're gonna get, get used to the fact that everyone is kind of really good at what they do. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been to open mic night for a long time, but you know this was bad. Yeah. So I eventually got to play, and it was just like whatever. But that's the point. I was just pissed off. Anyway, the following night we went to this place called um uh the Rockwood Music Hall. Yeah. The music we saw was unbelievable.
1: Mm.
0: Fell in love with this artist called Whitehorse from Canada.
1: Hey, okay.
0: A country duo. Yeah, okay. dude and a lady. And we still listen to their music to this day. They're amazing. We grabbed their CD. There was another blues band that just blew us away as well. And we were like, oh, okay, America does have good music. We, were yeah. just, we just saw like a really bad cross-section <sighs> the night before. It was a nightmare, yeah, man. Yeah, okay. Did you have any like... Crazy moments like that while you were in Canada. Like,
1: there was a point in Calgary where I thought I was in a, I was stuck, I was stuck in a rut. Like, corp, ca- there's Calgary is a little bit like Sydney. It was, it was very corporate, and I couldn't find those. I, I couldn't find the hippies, right. you could, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I couldn't find the tattoos. I couldn't find the the music. Yeah, and. Um, I was having a bit of a, a situation where I, I was finding, trying to find a place to live because the person I was supposed to stay with, we weren't getting along. Um, and I ended up staying with a uh, this student, um, from Sate College, huh. um, further uptown in Calgary. And her name was Natasha. She was really cool. Lovely, lovely girl. And, um... She worked. She also worked there. She was. She wasn't a student. She worked there. Right. Um. And she had a really cool cat named Matilda. This cute little black cat <laughs> who gave me her approval by sitting on my suitcase, saying, "You can stay here." Ah, it was cute. I had a lot of cats following me. Yeah. How cool are cats? Yeah, they're very cool. Yeah. Um. So Natasha introduced me to. Oh, the the ship and anchor.
0: That was the name of the venue.
1: That was the name of the venue. Yeah. And that's where I that's where I went to most of the open mic nights. Yeah. Um, um, in Calgary, and had their nachos and like celebrated Halloween there. Yeah. And made some friends there. Uh, I, I felt at home. Um, At that venue. Yeah, I did. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, It was really good. And I I remember meeting other musicians who really enjoyed my performance. Yeah. And I have a feeling I've become one of their stories, like, oh, there was this girl from Australia.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And she
1: she was like someone from Valhalla. (laughs) That's rad. Yeah. So... I've had some I've met some weirdos as well. On like the road. On the road and and, and other open mic nights. Um yeah. there was one dude who played before me uh in Vancouver's this venue called the Cold Rory. And I think I think he was he was um he was he was quite flamboyant and he was probably probably gay but yeah. he yeah and he couldn't get his lips off the damn microphone like Ugh. it was almost like he was. Oh
0: really? Yeah.
1: Well, he was singing, and he's like going, ooh, ooh, uh, <laughs> like this man. weird jazzy Andy Warhol <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, are you singing or are you sucking dick? What are you doing? Gosh. I have to sing after you, dude. This it Stop was. Stop
0: mouthing the microphone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was hilarious. It, it, oh man. Yeah. And um, I saw that guy twice in two different venues. I'm like, are you? When are you gonna
0: go away? Yeah. Um, it should, should be a warning when you see his name on the on the sign up sheet. <laughs> we actually cancelled tonight, brother. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: get some um, Kleenex or something. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's yeah.
0: like when someone comes up to me, at, you know, during a, an acoustic set at a pub you know when I'm doing covers and they go can I sing and go you can if you want to you know to catch herpes yeah <laughs> I get a lot of cold sores, so yeah. sing through this microphone <laughs> at your risk <laughs> you no. know? yeah too good <laughs> but um you know yeah. open mics usually I mean I would even bring my own mic to an open mic night mm. you know for that reason yeah you know yeah, you, and what you might catch from other people too
1: you forget I reckon I forget. you probably
0: catch something interesting from old mate Felt <laughs> <laughs> sorry for you having to follow him. That's for sure. Yeah. My goodness.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was a vision. Yeah. Um, um, and mm. so
0: sometimes during my um, my research for the art of touring, I I, I do like to um, uh, kind of do the uh, YouTube search mm. for the artist, mm-hmm. and I checked out some of your stuff this afternoon. Mm. Um, and there was one called Cold in Collingwood. Yeah. That the film clip for that mm. where you kind of painted half your face. no, no, no. That's Blood and Bone. Oh, that's Blood and Bone. Yeah. Um, and you had like a, a character um, with even a more majestic beard than mine. Yes. In the film yeah, clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you shoot that? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Um, That was shot in a studio in Box Hill um, with strongman pictures uh team uh two guys um uh yeah Daniel Armstrong mm-hmm. and um I had Satoris as as this he's, he's an actor and he runs he's he's a he's actually a really cool Greek chef and runs his own little show with the beard Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, on YouTube and yeah we, he was actually drinking whiskey in the sh-
0: he had so, a big bottle with him, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's very loose, the, it, sh- the he, shoot. He
1: got loose, yeah. <laughs> it was entertaining.
0: <laughs> now actually, it makes sense. Yeah. Because when you're watching the clip, he's got this crazy look in his eye. <laughs> he
1: was Kinda damn Kind of looks good. like
0: uh, slow motion. Was, yeah. was
1: that slow motion? It, yeah, it was slow a motion. A little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Wonderful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I had this idea of going... Um, a little bit voodoo town, yeah, it was and, cool, man. And channeling a little bit of the goddess Hell, uh, the queen of darkness, or whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, while while Sartorius was um doing his thing I, on the, on the side of that shoot, I was getting my makeup done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're watching all of this unfold, yeah, going, yeah. "Wow, this is going to be."
1: It's very awesome. Yeah,
0: awesome. Yeah, um, and then there was there was the Cold in Collingwood, yeah. where you had uh, more of like a uh, an elaborate costume. Yeah, on. yeah.
1: Um, a little little thing about me: I have a hobby from all my other hobbies. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a tribal style belly dancer. Oh really? Yeah, and that th- those group of women are a part of a troupe that I'm in. It's it's a, well, it's a tribe called Aquamoon, mm-hmm. and that style of dancing is huge around the world. Like it's in an underground way, it's very popular. Like right. It's huge in Russia. It's huge in the states. It began in the states. Hmm. Um, so um, that's kind of when I when when we dance in festivals. That's kind of like my time away from work or, you know, the business side of music and just, it's just, just something else to let loose and just, just be.
0: How did you get introduced to that culture?
1: It started, um... It started around three years ago. I wanted to do something new. I wanted to try something different. Um, Yeah. And I think being one of the boys for a long time, not dissing my brothers, not dissing my soul brothers, but I just wanted to do something more with the ladies. Yeah. And at first I started go-go dancing at Maison Burlesque, and that was fun, but it wasn't exactly there. And... I knew a couple of girls over the years who did a, a tribal style belly dance, and yeah. I always admired the costumes and always very elaborate. Yeah, yeah. And and um, a close friend of mine introduced me to uh, a class; these classes that were happening by a lady called Lauren Fisher, who who is the leader of Aquamoon. And I'm like, yeah, okay, all right, I'll give it a shot. I can't, I don't want to do Tina Turner, Go Go Dancing anymore. It's just not my thing. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, a- and and then I realised, hang on, this is this is the stuff I've been admiring for years. I- I'm going to take it on. Yeah. Um, so fast forwarding a bit, you know, three years of experience, and I had one more single I wanted to release from my EP blood and bone and um there's a story behind that song as well um but yeah i just thought just let's just make it simple and beautiful and just get aqua moon and myself together i'll just sing the song have it in black and white have us have it in um contrasting um, and just have nice images of skirts swirling, and just showing raw emotion when I sing it.
0: Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. very cool. Thank you. Um, and so that was from your previous EP. Yeah. Um, and now you're working on some new material. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, where are you in that phase? Are you like just demo stage at the moment?
1: It's actually all done. It's all finished. It's all finished.
0: Yeah, cool. Um Is it an album or an EP? It's another EP. Yeah. So five songs.
1: Uh it's four.
0: Four songs. Four songs. Beautiful.
1: There was going to be a single launch, but I have held that back due to some very cool news that I won't say just yet.
0: Yeah, right on. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah.
1: Um
0: So you get the EP coming out soon.
1: Yeah.
0: Um can't talk too much about that. Um but uh I know where you rehearse, man. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> you do. Um, and um, you've That's also how we <laughs> met. <Yeah. laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah, I was rehearsing for a gig yeah. coming up this weekend yeah. um, and, and you're in uh, the Red Room. The Red Room. Yeah, yeah. Um, not the Green Room, mm. but the Red Room. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, that's great. Well, I can't wait because obviously, you know, we're going to follow your journey um, from here on out. Yeah. Um, to see when that is released um, because you are part of, uh, you know, the 1B family. So yeah. that's a very cool thing. Um. uh, If people do want to follow your uh, your journey online, how how can they? Um. How can they do that? Do you have an Instagram, a Facebook? I've
1: got a few of those. Yeah, Yeah, I've got Instagram Sarah Eater Official, Mm -hmm. all one word. Um. That's been a little bit quiet, but don't worry that there'll be news to come. Yeah. Um. There's my Facebook. Uh, my Facebook page, Sarah Eida Music, I think it is. Yeah. Um, or just Sarah Eida, uh, and that's spelled
0: E I D A. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I want to talk a little bit about my last name, actually. If let's we, do it. If we have time.
0: Yeah, but let's finish on that.
1: Um, for the listeners, I know it's weird to uh, read and pronounce. Um, <clears throat> my full name is Sarah Eida Keen. Hmm. Um, Ida is actually my middle name. Oh, yeah. And it was I, – I kind of did a little bit of – I was 20 years old. Um, <laughs> so, this was about 15 years ago when I started this Sarah Ida thing. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's basically a stage name and I reworded it as E-I-D-A instead of I-D-A because it's pronounced as Eater. Um It's, it's Dutch. Keen is Irish. That's that's a little bit more about my family background. Huge, yeah, yeah, and yeah. um, I know people struggle to pronounce it um people have been talking about it i'm actually thinking about doing a little tutorial <laughs> you know it's like this is how you say my fucking name yeah um, you should you know and have like the little ukulele song in the background
0: like you should and it should be like a like a staple like on the instagram story that you can save as a highlight yeah my name explained or whatever yeah. you yeah it would be kind of funny man yeah you're kind of cool
1: well I'm sure there are lots of artists with weird names that a lot of people have struggled to Oh, I
0: mean I I pronounce. interviewed an, an act um and the whole time uh it was an ex-student Sarah Jones and her her name is Sarah J and mm-hmm. I'm like so we've got Sarah J in the in the oh. in the room here and da, 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 and she's like um sis dog it, it's actually pronounced Saraj Oh, sorry. I thought it was just like the end of your last name, Sarah oh. J. She's like, no, no, Siraj. We're doing like this cool vibe. Oh. Siraj. It's like Tajay. Oh. I'm like, okay, cool. We're joined by Siraj. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Happens to everyone, man. Okay. Well, I mean, everyone who chooses to, yeah. you know, kind of not go with something easily, you know, mm. um, said. Yeah. Pronounced. Yeah. What are you going to do, man? Exactly. You know. That's your last name. Own it. Own it. Yeah. I bloody do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I ironically, I can't stand dogs. I, I really don't like them. And it's my nickname, Sis Dog. Ah. I love cats, man. Yeah. I'm a cat guy. Yeah. But my I've even got the number plate, Sizz Dog. <laughs> Check anywhere online. It's all just Sis Dog. Yeah. I'm tagged as Sizz Dog. Hashtag Sis Dog. It's art of touring with Sis Dog. The is Dog. The Sizz Dog. Do you think I like dogs? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> there you go, iTunes listeners. We're learning a lot about each other That's tonight. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show.
1: It's been a privilege. Thank you for getting me to go down memory lane. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's been wonderful. Yeah, it was cool. And um, we look forward to um, the new EP coming out soon in 2020. Thank you. And, um, and some more groovy film clips that's right to go along with it oh
1: yeah awesome yeah thank you sis dog
0: see you Sarah bye cheers bye And that's a wrap, Sizzlers, episode 86, all done. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Why don't you use the hashtag Art of Doing Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring. If you are a first-time listener to the show, I hope you come on back each week and keep listening. I have a new guest every week, so you are more than welcome to join the Art of Touring family by becoming a regular listener, a sizzler. If you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly, Podcast at gmail.com. Maybe you would like to come on the show. Uh, if you're a touring musician, a performer, or a wrestler, please hit me up. Or you can just, you know, message me on Instagram at Art of Turing podcast, you can listen to Art of Turing on Wooshka, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. Uh, and if you have enjoyed this uh, episode, I beg you, I plead, I I, uh, 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 I ask that you take a, a two seconds out of your day to write a rating and give the podcast a, a bit of a a bit of a, a five star review as well on your chosen podcast provider. That would be awesome. And stick around next week for another episode. They're free and they come out every week on the Friday. Now let's get into some plugs. This Saturday, as in two days from now, or as in tonight, or as in last week, if you missed it, Saturday, December the 14th at the Corner Hotel, I'll be playing Pearl Jam's greatest hits with a super group. A super group of musos, including members of the Passouts, Warbirds, and Creek, and YouTube guitar legend, Troy Mail, Australian guitar channel. Everyone... Who's anybody is going to be there joining us on the night will be Melbourne's own Foo Fighters and Nirvana tribute band, Vana. They're going to be opening up the night and then we're going to slay you for the rest of the night for two full sets of Pearl Jam Classics. Tickets are available right now. They're available right now. You can buy them on the Corner website. You can just follow the Passouts on Facebook and go to the events section and grab your tickets through the link there. Um, Or you can just go to the Corner's website and buy them there. Or guess what? If you're lazy, you just want to rock up, you can just buy the tickets on the door. I will see you this weekend, Saturday the 14th of December at the Corner Hotel for Pearl Jam's Classic Hits. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I have a few shout-outs. Shout-out, as always, to the amazing artist who designed the artwork for this show. You can follow him on Instagram at MrWall, spelt W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Sarah Eder. Be sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram and keep an ear and eye out for her upcoming releases. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of The Art of Touring. With us is Dal. Gonna do a quiet one because I've got a sore throat. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. oh, oh. Remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Lobos Collectibles in Thornbury, the best vintage toy store in the universe, and Anytime Fitness in Epping, where, as the name suggests, you can train anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day.